great facts about what God has done. What were we saying? You want to get your faith must be based on what God has done. If you're trying to get God to do something he's already done, you're going to sit back and just watch everybody else have fun. That's exactly <laughs> And you know, because really what we do is we enter into an eternal reality. Some people call it the legal side of redemption. These are eternal truths. And yet what we do is by faith, we take a hold of those and make them vital or we experience them in our now right here. Did you know you can do that? Now, some people only talk about them like they're just theological statements. And other people know the answer of faith in God's word. We, I mean, we'll do it in a church of 5,000. We could really care less. Okay, so, <laughs> so look over at Ephesians chapter 1. won't take me but about 10 minutes. I want to read these to you. Now, this is what you're going to do. That's why I think we need to go on TV. I wonder what I would preach like if I didn't have an inter interrupter. You know, ditto. Some people need an I interpreter. Some people need an interpreter, but I've got an interrupter. How about that? Well, ditto. You heard that? Oh, uh, never mind. We <laughs> we're going somewhere, but we're taking a little, we're taking the long way there. Well, we sure are. It's taking a long time. We take a lot of Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm good. How about you? I think it's all good. Oh, you know, they, they said that you used to could go to church. If you didn't go to church, you could just look at the bulletin and look at your watch, and you knew exactly what they were doing at any given moment. But now, if you don't show up, you don't have a clue what's going on. And sometimes after it's over, you still couldn't explain it. <laughs> and if every service you have, you could explain, you've missed some great opportunities to get drunk. Right. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. But I want to read this to you. I would like to preach, but you always want to teach. Oh, the joy of my... They just keep coming. <laughs> Just any time, go right ahead. I wonder if that's why Barnabas and Paul separated. <laughs> I wonder if Barnabas finally got so full, he said, Paul, you never, you keep interrupting me. No. Anyway, <laughs> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding, y'all. You know, I'm joking. I know. Cindy and I have been dear friends for 16 years. We've known each other for 31. 16 out of 31. That's not bad, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Salvation, all of salvation, all that God has accomplished for us in Christ, all the blessings of salvation are located in Christ. We do know that, don't we? All the blessings we have. It's not just joy we experience when we rejoice in the Lord. It's not just joy. When he says uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength, he said, you know, rejoice in the Lord. It's not just joy we experience, but it's Christ's own joy. Yes. It's his joy. It's the same joy he has because it comes from him. Woo, glory to God. How many of y'all think Jesus is depressed at the right hand of the Father? How many of 
some of y'all think he's sitting up there just trying to, you know, trying to, you know, uh, I just try, I, I've just, I've had a, you know, it was tough, you know, going through death, hell, and the grave, and I'm just trying to recover. How many of y'all think he's just trying to recover? No, he's not up there depressed, and he's not up there trying to recover. He's up here, there, the, the Bible says, as our high priest and the intercessor for us, he's at the right hand of the Father, and whenever the, the Bible says that anybody in, in heaven or below earth, earth or heaven, wants to know how durable our freedom is, they look at Jesus. Eternal redemption. Age abiding. You talk about durable. I can guarantee you he is not up in heaven depressed. He is. The Bible says he went through in Acts chapter 4. He went through all of it because he saw and he rejoiced in the joy. That, uh, he joy rejoiced in the Lord and he met death, hell, and the grave with joy. And then he tells us rejoice in the Lord. That's where you think that joy is. It's his joy. It's the Lord. The joy of the Lord. So, you know, praise the Lord. I like to know about how happy Jesus is. It's the joy of the Lord, the same joy. When you love one another, it's his love. And he gave it to you. If all the blessings we have as Christians are in Christ, it's his love. It's his joy. In other words, it, you don't meet it with your quality of love. You meet it with his quality of love. Glory to God. That'll help you deal with your old snaggletooth aunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, there is no truth more suited to impart confidence, strength, comfort, and joy in the Lord than knowing your union in Christ Jesus. No truth. The, uh, so I want to read uh, really some, some of the first, uh, you know, the book of Ephesians to me is such a powerful book for understanding what God has done for us in Christ. It's such a powerful book. And so I want you to look because I'm gonna, we're going to go uh, just uh, go through Ephesians here in chapter 1. And actually verses 3 through 14 are just one verse in the Greek. And it's a verse that actually is laying out how God has worked his plan in us. And it says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath... Everybody just circle the word hath if you never have. If you don't have your Bible, man, you really need to get in the habit of carrying your Bible. Because when somebody's preaching, if you'll look at what they're saying when they read the word... It'll affect you differently. You know, it'll just affect you differently. And the, really, the Bible says that God's word is alive and full of power. And whenever you want to deal with difficulties in your life, do just what Jesus did. Deal with it according to speaking God's word. And you can't speak God's word if you don't know God's word. And the measure of freedom you have and the, the measure of the reality of redemption that you are living in and experiencing is directly connected to your understanding how much you know of God's word. People wonder, I wonder how God, I wonder what God says. I wonder what, God, what God's like. That's what his word is for. That's why he sent Jesus. But he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath, everybody say hath. Yeah. Is, that, is that future, is that past, or is that present tense? 
past tense. He have, in other words, he's not, he's not declaring something that he's hoping God will do. He's not trying to get you to think about something that, uh, you know, that, that one day will happen. He is trying to establish the great, um, the great facts of what God has done through his plan of redemption in Christ Jesus. And these are what we call union facts. These are the things because of your union with Christ, in Christ. You could say it like this. Everything God did in Christ, he did for us. That's substitution. You got it? Everything God did in Christ, he did for us. He didn't do it for Jesus. Jesus didn't need it, did he? Did Jesus need it? No, but who did? You did. So God did it in Jesus for you. That's called substitution. If you don't get that part, uh, you really won't even want, you'll wonder why the death and the, uh, uh, of, of Jesus Christ, you'll even wonder why it was necessary. You'll just think, you know, it, that's not even necessary. That's what you'll think until you understand that he didn't die for himself. He died for you. So it's, uh, what, everything God did in Christ, he did for us. That's substitution. So now we, because he was our substitute, we were identified with him. That's identification. He did it for us, so we identify with him. In other words, Jesus, when we want to know what happened to us as a Christian, we look at what Jesus did. We identify with him, and now, because we died with him, we were buried with him, we were raised up with him, we were seated together with him in heavenly places. That's what Ephesians 2 says. Everything he did on the cross, there's a scripture that says you did it with him. That's identification. Because he did it for you. So now, because he did it for us, we are presently in him. And you know that little word in? It's just a preposition that is used to help you to understand the relationship that exists between whatever it is, the word that it is connected to. And he says, for you to understand your relationship to Jesus, you need to know that you are in Christ. Glory to God. So it's his joy you have. So it's his joy. It's his love. Man, it'll change your personality, mama, if you learn that. In other, in other words, instead of just seeing everything that's come to you from your natural birth, you begin to see the things that came to you from your spiritual birth. And I tell people, your Christianity is greater than your humanity. Your Christianity is greater than your humanity. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God, but that which is born of God, that which is born, we're not born of the flesh nor of the will of man, but we are born of God. That's Christianity. So let me read this to you real quick. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. One translation says uh, he has blessed our, us in Christ with every spiritual blessing that heaven itself enjoys. So now this is how you become aware of your Christianity more than your humanity. You read your, uh, I would say, you read the book that uh, is, it helps you, that gives you the information that clarifies who you are. And you read those scriptures and you begin to begin to let those scriptures bring life to your soul and your body. And so you say, thank you, Lord, that I'm, I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. 
Why are you blessed? Because you're blessed in Christ Jesus. What kind of blessings do you have? All the blessings that heaven itself enjoys, which tells me if it's in heaven, then you can believe for that blessing in Christ Jesus. Is there any sickness in heaven? No, there's no sickness in heaven. That's why. That's why God is not the author of sickness. Is it in heaven? No, and there was never any sickness on this earth until sin came. When sin came, sickness came. If you'll consider the source, it'll help you to deal with it differently. Did you hear me? Now, it doesn't mean that sickness does not come to us because now we are no longer, when Cindy's talking about garden life, she's not saying that we're immortal now like Adam was before he sinned, but yet we have been restored and we have within our spirits the very same life that Adam had in the garden. And what we have to do is yield to that and by faith walk it out in this fallen world. Do you get it? And so he says, uh, he's blessed us. So everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. So I'm not trying to get blessed. I, I have been blessed in Christ Jesus. This is really good. You're doing good. You know, you'd be amazed how the world will start looking differently when you become aware of who you are in Christ. You say, well, I just need, you know, I need a new car, I need a new house, I need a new job, I need a new wife. No, what you need is a new life. And when you change, that's when everything else that you think is your problem really isn't a problem anymore. He has blessed, so so he says he's blessed us. And then he goes on and he says in verse 4, according as he there's that word half again, past tense. Now, I want you to get this because your faith won't work if you're trying to get God to do something he's already done. He hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So he's blessed us. Everybody say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And now he says I, he's chosen us. Everybody say, I've been chosen. chosen. That means that I have a purpose in my life. That means that your life is not insignificant. The word for chosen here is the same word that was used for somebody who was marked out for a special operation in like a military affair. Or if they were put into an elected office, they had been elected to stand in a particular place. They were there for a definite purpose and they were there not by accident. You are not here by accident. You are here. You may have been, somebody may have called you an accident all your life, but you are not an accident if you are in Christ. You have a divine purpose that God has chosen you. And actually it says before the foundation of the world. Do you know before he created the earth, before he formed the earth, before he did anything else, God prepared for you to live this day in this hour. He made preparation for your problem before you even had one. Wow. Man, I'm telling you right now, that will give you a sense of security in life. You can't get enough money to get that kind of security. 
But he has chosen us. So you're blessed. You're chosen. And then it says, uh, as he has, uh, now this is, I love these next ones where he gets up here. And he says, uh, before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I really like that word before him because it literally means right in your face. In other words, some people think I can, I can walk with God as long as I keep my distance, you know. <laughs> If he gets too close to me, then he just might not like what he sees. But literally, he says, no, no, right in your face. He said, holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. This is the definition of grace right here. He says, I'm about to explode when I consider how God has chosen me to be a part of his plan. He said, it is according, he has, uh, he, he has uh, according to the, where, where did I go? I missed my page here. He says, uh, to, uh, to the praise of the glory of his grace, this is the definition of grace now, he hath, everybody say hath. So now you're not trying to get God to like you. You're not trying to get God to favor you. He says, he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This is the definition of grace. I got ahead of myself. Verse 8, he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Grace is literally God abounding toward you. God abounding towards you. Grace is where God is abounding. In other words, God's not doing just enough to just try to help you somehow, you know, make it through. He does more than enough. He abounds towards you. That's grace. And faith is when you receive what God has abounded towards you in. Hallelujah. So he has blessed us. He has, now this, you, you understand, God, Jesus was your substitute. He died for you, so you identify with him. And now because you identified with him and he was your substitute, you are now in him. And in him, Ephesians 1, 7 says, you have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He's blessed us. He's chosen us. He's made us accepted. Everybody say, I'm not rejected. I'm accepted. accepted. And then he says, he has abounded toward me. Everybody say, thank you, Father, Father. for abounding toward me. More, and in fact, let me read you this translation. You say, why are you making me say it? Because if you never say it, it'll never be real to you. It'll never be real to you. This gracious ransom and forgiveness and induction into sonship are without limit. Don't you like that? They're without limit since they are in accord with the richness of his grace, which he caused to come to us in an overflowing stream. Wow. It's hard to be depressed when you consider what God has done for you. He has blessed us. He has chosen us. He has accepted us. He has abounded toward us. Thank God. And in him... 
we have our redemption. People, listen, I don't want you to think about what your salvation and pray and live in a way where you're trying to get God to do something for you. I want you to rise up in faith and begin to make the declaration of what God has done and face your enemy unintimidated and face your, your, you know, your past without any fear of condemnation and your future with assurance that he has prepared a way for you. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. The devil is a skunk and I can still get drunk. Now, if somebody edits this tape, they'll think, oh, you know, see what that girl did down there? But you know what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ died for us. And God did in Christ everything he wanted to do in us. That's substitution. You say, I, I don't even understand why. In fact, there are some people that are trying to take out, and they're saying that the Bible's idea of Jesus dying, that they're, they're saying that's just not even realistic, that a father would kill his son and that it would be considered godly. They don't understand. No, no, the is they don't understand redemption is not some human process of where you're trying to understand how someone could actually do that. They don't understand the sin and the death that came in through sin and how that God put his son on the altar of sacrifice so that we would not have to be there. Yes, it was a horrible death. Yes, it was something. Listen to me. No one, no one's blood could atone for our sin. It was precious blood. The blood that has never lost its power. But when he rose up from the dead, thank God he came through death, hell, and the grave. And he rose up victorious. And when he rose again, the Bible declares in Ephesians 2, we were raised up together with him. Hallelujah. Declare the message because there is freedom from sin through the death of Christ. There is victory over the devil because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there is assurance for our life here on this earth because we are in him. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Christ in you is the hope of the world. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for bringing the truth to our life. In Jesus' name. We love you guys. We're just so appreciative of what's going on here. I think God is working greatly in this area. Never stop. Amen. In you. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary, so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries. 
Thank you and God bless you.